Welcome back, loyal listeners. Welcome, new listeners. This is Runkle Recaps, How I Met Your Podcast, Season 3, Episode 15, The Chain of Screaming. With me, as always, Jennifer. Hey. Hey. Jen, <laughs> do you want to talk to people about your TikTok addiction? Um, do you remember not that long ago we were talking about TikTok on here and we didn't know what it was? Oh my god, I forgot all about that. And See, now I feel like, you're obsessed. Yeah, COVID has really <laughs> done this to a lot of people where we're like, oh no, that's just an app for small children <laughs> or, you know, teenagers. And now we're all stuck at home all the time and it's, you know, it's a good time. <laughs> it's fun. Makes me laugh. Whenever I walk into her office during the workday and she's not in a meeting, she's somewhere in her office watching TikTok and giggling. <laughs> I hope nobody from work's listening to this. Oops. They do actually work. <laughs> you get your stuff in on time. <laughs> like turning my ninja report. <laughs> Damn, you beat me to it. <laughs> Ooh, that's what they say every every time they bring up the ninja report. Ooh, <laughs> ninjas are cool. Before we get into it, I would like to read an email from. Our favorite listener, Danielle, she wrote it actually for the bracket from last week, but didn't get it in in time. And since it's kind of a pain for me to go back and re-edit and add commentary about her email back in, I'm just going to cover these at the beginning of the next episodes before we get into the next episode. So Danielle writes, I agree with Robin in the scrapbook scene because if he strikes out, he usually moves on to the next girl. In fact... Robin was aces all episode. Agreed. Robin was really good this episode. Mm-hmm. The marriage license thing was really cute and cool. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I, I always thought a bracket was really inefficient way of determining who the girl was since it could have been anyone. Yeah, we, we mentioned that last week. Right. This was an idiotic way. It was made for, obviously, a tremendously fun episode, but nevertheless, uh, Robin had it right the whole time. She continues on. Barney pretending to be blind and running into that guy cracks me up every time. We like that, too. In fact, it cracked the guy she was running into up. Right. Barney talking about how he thinks he sold a girl always made me uncomfortable, and I never know how to react. I think the way you react gets worse and worse over the years as you watch this. Yeah. It like, it might have been funny. Age well. <laughs> it might have been funny in, like, 2009 when we first heard it, and then it slowly gets worse and worse the more we learn about the world. Oh, Barney's a bad guy. We go on. Barney talking about how he thinks... Oh, we already did that one. <laughs> she asks us, what do you think you'd make a bracket of? Well, you've come, <laughs> you've come to the right place, Danielle. I've done many a bracket in my time. Now, do you do brackets or you just do, do, you, do you do brackets to do your ratings? I, the, the only thing in regards to this podcast was, and I think I mentioned it when we did it, when I ranked the best recurring characters, I did it through a bracket. A, a bracket yeah. Oh, interesting. The only problem was, you know, once you rank the first so many, um, you got to go back and do new brackets. I, I don't want to get into that, but it, it, it wasn't one clean, sweet bracket to do it. Um, it sounds very complicated. Were there charts and graphs involved? Well, I mean, if someone takes third and another person takes five and then you've really got a chance to compete against each other, that's not a true ranking. So after I ranked the first two, I'd have to go back and do another bracket to make sure that... <laughs> You're such a dork. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of that. Um, I've done some brackets I probably don't want to talk about. 
nothing weird, just like even dorkier than what I just described. Okay. I've done bracket. Have you? I'm, I'm assuming you don't even know, really know how to make a bracket. No. I, yeah. I got it's it. complicated because when you make the championship side for first and second, that part's kind of easy, right? But then when you go down into the consolation bracket, you have to accommodate for the people that lost and are coming down into that bottom bracket over time. There's a consolation bracket? Well, I mean, if there's like a first through fourth in a tournament. Hmm. Okay. No, I know nothing about brackets, clearly. Moving on. She says, or she writes, I'd probably rank the Vampire Diaries characters. There's so many different characters. Yeah, Jen and I never have watched Vampire Diaries. No, we but haven't. you writing about it, well, it doesn't change that. But thanks for <laughs> writing about all of this, Danielle. If you want to rank True Blood characters, I will be there with you. Right, you want to rank True Blood characters? Well, vampires and vampires. Okay. Next on the agenda, I want to mention an article that I read. And this is something that you and I actually have spoken about a couple times. I think it was Screen Rant. No, let me see. No, it's called CheatSheet.com. And the article is about how they got the kids, the future kids, to do the, the tapings of this and why mm-hmm. they didn't age throughout the nine seasons. Mm-hmm. And I could read the article. I think I'm going to really just sum it up. And they shot all the kids' scenes in the first three seasons. And then they even shot the very last episode scenes with them. So the kids, three seasons in, by the third season knew how the show was going to end. They were sworn to secrecy, and they attest that they never told anybody. And somehow Allison Hannigan knew also. She knew very early on. I, it didn't say anything about any of the other characters knowing. That's or the actors knowing. I, was, I would assume if she knows, everybody knows. Why would they tell her and nobody else? Well, she... She's not Lily. She doesn't necessarily have to spill all everybody's secrets. <laughs> well, no, her. but it was just weird to tell like one of your main cast and not everybody. That's a good question. They don't especially say... Especially because she's not actually involved in that storyline. Yeah, they don't actually say why or how. Although she thought that Victoria would have been better as the mother. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I mean, the mother is, is good, but I, I do think Ted and Victoria would have made a good couple. All right, since we have Taryn Killam in this episode, I've created a little challenge for Jen, and I invite you, our listeners, to play at home. I'm going to give Jen one minute. There are 10 Saturday Night Live actors and actresses, added up, who have been on this show. I give you a minute to name five of them. Are you ready? No. (laughs) Okay. Saturday Night Live. Ready, go. Ten. All right. So, obviously, Taryn Killam. You can count people that were writers on it, too. I don't know anybody that was writers besides... Okay, all right. <laughs> Carter Bates and Craig Thomas. Dang it, I'm, I'm gonna, counting writers, so... I'm going to get zero out of zero. Well, you zero just got one. <laughs> That's because he's in this episode. Um, this is embarrassing. I got nothing. You're really going to kick yourself. You people are hearing a hurried version of this because I cut, I edited this down. But all I can think of is the quiz we did before with the pop stars, and that's all that keeps popping in my head. Like Jayla, Katie, no, they were not <laughs> pop stars really are your sweet spot. They really are. You got twelve seconds. Oh my god! Come on, one, one. I got nothing. All right. The you're going to cut this whole. <laughs> you're going to kick yourself for the obvious ones, okay. and then there's ones that you're just like, I didn't realize they were ever on Saturday Night Live. Okay. All right. So there's Will Forte. Oh damn it! <laughs> Bob Odenkirk was actually a writer on Saturday Night Live for a year or two. 
But you probably didn't know that. But you oh, might have read that. As you know what? Once. When you said writers, I thought you meant how I met your mother writers. Oh, so well. that got me confused. Okay. So that's why I did so poorly. You should have known this one, Chris Kattan. Damn it! <laughs> you probably knew this one, Abby Elliott. Oh, mm, I don't know that I could have gotten there. And since we're saying her, we'll say someone else who you probably didn't know was on a season of Saturday Night Live, Chris Elliott. No, I did not know that. He was on, I, I want to say, early 90s or late 80s. Okay. Um, Casey Wilson. Casey Wilson was on Saturday Night Live? Yeah, recently, I believe. That doesn't sound right. Although I can't think of who she, who was she in. Uh, her name was either Kristen or Kirsten. I I saw a picture of her, but I couldn't identify. I didn't look deeper into which episode okay. it was. Yeah, I can't remember. I mean, I know who she is, but I can't remember her being on How I Met Your Mother. Martin Short. Oh. Did I know he was on Saturday Night Live? He was on, like, this great super season around 1985 where they had one season with Martin Short, Billy... Crystal. Billy Crystal, um, Harry Shearer, and... Oh, what's his name that does all those... That he has that troupe that does all those movies, like Best in Show, um, buried to Jamie Lee Curtis. David Guest? Yeah. Not David, though. I think David Guest is the guy that married... The weird guy that married... Um, I'm really bad with names right now. Judy yeah. Garland's daughter. Uh, Liza Minnelli, I think, is David Guest. Christopher Guest. Ah! Together we still barely did it. <laughs> There's a guy that I never heard of named Jerry... Mm, Minor, Minor. Mm. He was like a singer on a boat that they were on. I think it's the one where Barty and Robin were talking about breaking up with Kevin and Nora. Okay. And Paul Schaefer, who you probably never knew was on Saturday Night Live, but he was like the piano player on Saturday Night Live for the first season or two. Okay. For the first. I feel seasons. like this was a very unfair quiz. <laughs> Why you don't get so emotional and take it so personally? <laughs> well, this is a lot of random '70s and '80s. SNL that I Okay, know. but I we gave you Taryn Killam. Mm-hmm. I wasn't gonna. I was only looking for four more from you. Yeah, you should have gotten Will Forte, yeah. Chris Kattan, yeah. a, probably Abby Elliott. Nah, I was never gonna get there. And yeah, I guess Martin Shore would have been a little tough for you. Yeah, no, <laughs> three was the best I was gonna do. Okay, well, if our listeners had fun trying to do this themselves, <laughs> they paused it and then listened on. Then, um, then it was worth it. And that's all I have. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Kidding, we're going to do the podcast. <laughs> okay. Oh, sorry, I do have one small thing. So have you listened to the Walking Dead recap? No, I haven't yet. Oh, okay. So one of the podcasts that we listen to is post-show recaps. We've mentioned it several times. Yeah, Walking Dead recap. And so I'm in the middle of listening to one about the most recent episode, and they bring up How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> so I won't. I don't know if I should go into it, because I don't know... If we're getting into Walking Dead spoiler territory, <laughs> but essentially they it wouldn't they be the like first in, time. Was it Jessica Lee that mentioned it? Yeah, because she mentioned it last time when she mm-hmm. talked about the naked man, right? W- right. Move. So essentially, there's you know comparing storylines and saying like, oh, this is like, you know, how I met your mother, rather they're just gonna kill the mother off and oh, okay. you know, have the character end up with. I guess it's been around the whole time. I get what they're what they're getting at. Yeah. Well, I'm glad they mentioned it. Yeah, I thought it was funny. It was not mentioned in a positive light, but mentioned nonetheless. Right, yeah, everyone likes to slam dunk on the finale right. of How I Met Your Mother. And we'll, obviously we'll get there, 
but I'm not that hard on the finale. I'm I not as hard. It. I'm not as. Oh, you did. I, I thought did. you hated it. No, I liked it. Oh, I thought you were in the other camp. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, let's jump in here. This was a really great episode. I I think it was an unbalanced because there was a couple scenes and themes that I just didn't care for at all. That okay. I, I didn't really like any of it. But there were so many you know strong pieces of this to counterbalance. There's things you and I say all the time mm-hmm. that are in this episode. And I laughed out loud so many times. I did, too. It was a very good episode. Okay, we start off with Ted talking about how 2008, or the spring of 2008, was a pretty great time for him. Let me get like a little flash. Stella and I had Stella and I had started dating, which completely happened off screen. It's really weird how they just kind of drop that in there. Yeah, because I guess where we left it was they had been on one date. Right. He's like, you know, let me know. There's absolutely no tie-in. Right. So I guess here we go. Now, now we know. But he bought a new car. Everyone's kind of down on him about it. Which he thinks is going to, he says he thinks is going to be the envy of everyone and everyone just slams him. Which is stupid because nobody in New York City admires somebody else having a car. (laughs) Right. Well, I don't know if you noticed, like, so the first scene is, you know, them kind of like looking at the car and the car's parked so terribly. Yeah. (laughs) Like a bad parallel parking job. And the the most horrible thing about owning a car in New York City is the parking, obviously. Mm -hmm. Either you got to move it back and forth across the street and you're lucky to find a new spot for it when you have to and you have to move it back and forth across the street because there's like certain times a day that you're allowed to park on one side and then you have to move it to the other it's just a nightmare there and then they have street cleaning days and you just can't, your car cannot sit still for more than a day at a time so you constantly have to move it or you got to put it in a garage and garages there cost like $500 a month it is absolutely out of this world yeah. so it's strange we never really find out why Ted thinks he needs a car He's Good point. been there for however many years without a car, so, you know, plot point to get just, to the end yeah, of the episode. Just yeah. a writing device. Yeah. And some great scenes happen in this right. car. <laughs> so, Barney is down on him, but then immediately calls Shotgun for Eternity. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the Shotgun for Eternity stuff and the, back and f- the, the bickering back and forth about it. Oh, see, I thought that was funny, and I was thinking about it. So there's, you know, a couple scenes of Robin and Barney bickering back and forth. And I think we're getting close to them hooking up. They hook up, I think, next week, because next week is Sandcastles in the Sand. That's what I was thinking. I think they hook up after he's comforting her about Simon Mm -hmm. ditching her for the second time. So that's what I was thinking, because I saw that as, like, oh, that's next episode. And so I kind of was looking at it through that lens of, like, oh, are they, like, kind of doing a... A flirty thing here? Like, what's going on? A prelude. Yeah. Like kids, little kids pulling hair on the playground. I don't know. But I didn't think it was very funny. It was kind of overacted by Barney with his, he was making a lot of facial gestures, like smug, like, well, I I call, I can call things. (laughs) But it it didn't bother me that much. I just, it it weighed the episode down a bit for me and affected the rankings. Uh, Not as much as the diner scene, but we'll get there. Okay. Marshall walks into, walks up to them on the street because they're standing by the car, and he looks extremely distraught and needs a beer. They go in the bar. Right. And he can't even form words. He just says beer. Mm-hmm. Marshall starts talking about his job, working at a big law firm. It's like being at war. And then we get this ongoing war theme, which mm-hmm. it didn't bother me. I just didn't think it was that effective to be when you add it all up. But... Now we're reminded that Marshall's working at Nicholson, Hewitt, and West. Mm-hmm. 
which we kind of forget from time to time, that he actually did go to that job. And he explains that when you get out of law school, it's like getting out of boot camp. First day at work, you're storing the beaches full of piss and vinegar. And these war analogies go on. So are you like an expert now since you just finished Band of Brothers for the 900th time? (laughs) I've read a lot of war history books that my brother wrote. (laughs) So I kind of know a lot about stuff. So you are the expert between that and Band of Brothers. You you know exactly what Marshall's talking about here. (laughs) Are you trying to get a little Barney... Robin, heat going between us right now? Is that what's going on here? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so Marshall and I guess we find out it's it's Ferguson is, you know, another new guy are kind of like walking down the hallway, kind of like (laughs) talking about how, you know, how excited they are to be working and they have briefcases and everything. Marshall doesn't have anything in his, but Ferguson packed candy bars in his. <laughs> Mentioning briefcases is one of the more dated references on this show. Kids, ask your parents. Right. So what, what would it be? Like, oh, here's my laptop bag? Yeah, it's a laptop bag now. <laughs> right. I think some people are kind of old school and will have, you know, like a satchel kind of look. Like, mine's, mm-hmm. mine's sort of satchel Mine doesn't look a lot like a lap, laptop bag. Right. But <laughs> I just love that sense of, like imposter syndrome that they have that like we have our briefcases and we're ready to be lawyers yeah yeah their enthusiasm is endearing mm-hmm. yeah it's cute but then you get in the trenches side by side with your buddies and you feel the sense of camaraderie but after long so now we're gonna meet artillery author another war reference artillery mm-hmm. and it's bob odenkirk who Yay. we've been talking about for a long time now that's gonna be on the show and playing another lawyer this is his <laughs> lawyer experience before he got to Better Call Saul. I just love Bob Odenkirk. Made me so happy to see him. He's good in every single thing he does. And it's funny to like see him like kind of normal because we're just so used to you know Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Bob Odenkirk, where, where he's, he's very creepy and <laughs> creepy. Yeah, so it's like it's nice to see regular Bob. Clean Odenkirk. cut, Bob yeah. Odenkirk. So Arthur Hobbs, he's one of the partners. And he kind of comes around as a nice guy before he launches into a tirade. Yeah, and so we see this happen twice. So essentially he starts out with the person he's not mad at, has like a little conversation, asks about the person he's about to go yell at, and then, you know, attacks. Which is weird because if Ferguson's in the next office, why doesn't he just go to Ferguson's office? Yeah, I guess they just needed more for him to do, but I I thought it was funny because it's like almost line for line. The comparison. The writing works better this way. You're right. As logistically, it doesn't make any sense in real life. Yeah, because if you look at this two scenes where it's like, you know, how's your morning? How's your day? You know, is Marshall in yet? Is Ferguson in yet? Have a good one, buddy. Have a good one, buddy. Yeah, it's the same thing over. It's perfect parallel. Marshall says that Ferguson's next door, and then he makes a reference to you never know who's going to get hit, which another. More mm-hmm. reference. Right. So Arthur's been perfectly pleasant to Marshall and then goes over to Ferguson's office and freaks out. <laughs> it was a good freak out. He says things to the effect of, uh, you know, the report that he wrote was crap. If crap could eat, then crap stuff out. It's that. Your report is the crap that crap craps. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> but it works. So that's not even the best part of the scene. <laughs> right. Ferguson comes over to get you know, some comfort from Marshall, and 
he says, can you believe he did that on Take Your Daughter to Work Day? And then you see his daughter curl back around <laughs> and looking horrified. I laughed way too hard at that. <laughs> no, it's so well played. Right. Even the little girl did just a great job of looking horrified. Right. Still kind of hiding behind her dad. <laughs> This is the end of the flashback. We're back at the bar, and Marshall gives a little background on what's going on here of why he's upset. It's because he is working on this report. It's a long, confusing name to it, which is boring, so Ted suggests he just calls it the Ninja Report. Everybody's on board with. Yeah. So Marshall says he's been working on the Ninja Report. The group kind of interrupts with, ooh, (laughs) which is good. And he was working on other stuff, didn't get a chance to finish it. Then we get the the reverse scene of mm-hmm. what you were just talking about. <laughs> Arthur going to see Ferguson, asking where Marshall is. And Ferguson, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Realizing it's not him about to get screamed at. And then we don't even see the screaming just yet. He just says, right. and then he screamed at me and... Lily comforts him. <laughs> Lily's so dramatic. Oh, baby, I'm so sorry. Yeah, we're starting <laughs> to get an early taste of what... Lily's storyline is going to be here. Mm-hmm. And Barney is incredulous. Like, what? what's the big deal? Like, a guy talked loudly near you. <laughs> right. Barney gets yelled at all the time, screamed at all the time. Three That's times That's what corporate today. America is all about. And then Lily goes back to comfort Marshall again. Wait, so i got to back this up. So I've never worked in corporate America. I've been government and nonprofit my whole life. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. We should talk this through. Yeah. So I've never once in my life been yelled at at work. (laughs) I had a boss in my 20s that he was sort of like my third boss of this one company. And he would yell at everybody. And he would yell at me. I cannot wrap my brain around it. He would yell at me and I'd just say, why are you yelling? (laughs) <laughs> right. Just tell, just say it. And then my two bosses ago at LexisNexis, that guy would lose his temper and yell. He would just get emotional. He would lose his emotions. I could tell he couldn't help what he was doing. Hmm. He wasn't trying to do it to motivate. He wasn't doing it because I did anything particularly wrong or bad. Mm-hmm. He just, he would snap sometimes. And I'd just say to him, hey, it's okay. You don't, just tell me, talk to me. Mm-hmm. You don't have to yell about it. Yeah. And it would usually actually calm him down. Yeah, so I don't know if it's me being in my, like, little social services, social worky bubble. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I just cannot wrap my brain around being yelled at at work. It happens less these days because I feel like corporate America, quote-unquote, has gotten better at putting HR organizations in place that clamp down on this. And, it, you know, there should be absolutely no yelling at work, and most HR directors are good about making sure that the leadership knows not to do that. And, you know, this is the kind of thing that you, you record someone doing it, you release it, people get right. really exposed. It might show up on TikTok. <laughs> so Lily's comforting Marshall. Talking about how it's not fair. He's been working hard, late nights, weekends. She never sees him. She's barely made love to him in weeks. <laughs> She's very, She's like, handsy and yeah, kissing on him. <laughs> she goes, it's bad, guys. Mama needs her sugar. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't get a ton of reaction from the group. <laughs> yeah, they don't throw up in their mouths or anything. <laughs> right. I guess. She's um, really good in this episode. really is. <laughs> yeah, She's, She's playing this funny. part very well. Robin says... 
you know, if you, if you took it, he, he probably respects you more for it. But it turns out that that's not what happened. Let me get some more metaphor. You know, he's he's, he's yelling at him, spittle flying like shrapnel. They're really need, leaning into this. Yeah, they definitely are. <laughs> One of my favorite parts is as he talks about, like, everybody that you work with is kind of, like, watching UC Ferguson at the candy bar. And he's smiling. <laughs> he just feels so good that it's not happening to right. him and it's happened to somebody else. I think that's sort of a real reaction, although you shouldn't let people see it. But right. but just the candy bar makes Actually, it so good. Actually, that same boss, Alexis Nexus, we were in a team meeting, and he was getting, I forget what he was getting mad at us about, and he kind of yelled at me a little bit. And then he yelled at, like, our like the top person in our company who worked for him. And I was like, now I feel better because he's right. giving it to everybody. Right. So I, I kind of understand that emotion, that instinct. So Marshall just felt all of it. And he goes into sort of this long speech, well, not that long, but a little long, about how he became a lawyer to save the environment. He's working for bad men now. He can't believe that someone's talking to him like that. They show him... Yeah, we he talks about like him like his body he he didn't want his body to react this way and you almost think he is like going to react aggressively. And his hand you see his hands forming fists right. at this point. They're like just showing his hands. Right. And then He begged <laughs> he just, his body not to do it. And he just bursts into tears. Now this I've done at work. <laughs> oh you have? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When you just said it like that, you know what you reminded me of? Um, you sold our dead bird to a blind kid? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a few years, but... So, yeah, I didn't get yelled at at work, but there was just something that happened that was just very stressful, and I didn't get the reaction I wanted to get, and I just, yeah, I came into my office and just immediately burst into tears, which was super embarrassing because I shared an office with two people. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> So then it turned into, yeah, like, let's comfort Jen, and which, you yeah. know. Get well, get well soon. <laughs> right. We want you to get well. Yeah, it was bad. Did not care for that. Barney interrupts his crying story and says, just because you weren't around for this, I called shotgun for all eternity in Ted's car. <laughs> I don't like this theme that's going on with the, the car, but, but that's so funny. Barney. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think this was a, such a big deal. I mean, I think back in this time... As we see with a lot of the masculinity shaming, mm-hmm. especially on the show, it's, it was probably a bad time to cry in front of your boss at work. But at the end of the day, I mean, it would have yeah. just been over and done and forgotten and, about. Right. And I wonder if, you know, this is this guy's MO. He's yet going around yelling at people all the time. Like, is Marshall the first one that's ever cried as a response? Probably not. I do like how Marshall says, suddenly I was like a little boy. And Robin goes, is boy the right word? <laughs> well, I'm talking about masculinity. Yeah, I know. But, but it's funny. Yeah, when they do it well, it's okay. Right. <laughs> he goes, you want to do this one? No. <laughs> he, he says he felt powerless, flaccid. Hell, he felt castrated. <laughs> <laughs> God, you're so hot right now. <laughs> that really tickled me. She's, yeah. She's killing it with the delivery this week. <laughs> I still have to go back and start keeping track of and this will be one of our new themes, is um, give a point each week to whoever has our favorite lines mm-hmm. and then kind of keep adding it up to see who, who the best character was at the end of the right. the show. So, Marshall's now taking on advice as to what he should do the next day when he goes back in. 
Oh, well, you skipped over one of my favorite lines. <laughs> yeah, Marshall says that, you know, now he has to turn in the ninja report and, you know, deal with Arthur and Barney. Ooh, ninjas are cool. Yeah. <laughs> so here's what Robin would do if she was him. And we do a Robin scenario fantasy scene where she enters. Right. So we get this, you know, we get this set up in multiple, from multiple characters, but it's, they're all dressed in, you know, the same suit and tie yeah. going in to confront Arthur about you know, this report and how he acted. Arthur asked Robin as Marshall, have you finished the ninja report? And <laughs> she pulls out a gun and rests it on his desk and says, I have it right here and it's going to blow you away. <laughs> <laughs> this is so well played out. It, she, it goes a little far when she asks him, then what? <laughs> Since you were good, we're good. Then why are you still in my office? <laughs> and so then her it, claiming his office with a gun. Right. So it fades out of this, you know, scenario and just her face. She's so proud of herself. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't necessarily care for this that much, but her face really makes it. And for those of you who tune in to hear Jen's political commentary, <laughs> hold tight because then Ted says, Gun violence might be the answer to everything up in Canada, Robin, but here in America we solve our problems with words. I mean, at that point, clearly that was not what was happening. I mean, the numbers aren't worse today. That don't start. <laughs> Mm-mm, not doing it. I think it was a dig at America, but I will you, not go you on think, my soapbox today. You think he was being ironic? Yes. Okay. Or the I, writers were. I don't know if Ted I was. I feel like they weren't. I mean, but we've already had this conversation between the two of them when Robin says that... You know, seeing what's wrong with America and, and mentions gun violence. So you're right. That it does make sense that that would be a, an ironic statement by him. Although gun use is pretty heavy up in Canada. Not not you know violence. Yes, use but, versus violence is yeah. different. So hey, you put me on the soapbox. I'm trying to get <laughs> off of it. But Ted thinks that uh, a big eloquent speech is the way to go about this. You know, about defending human dignity like Abraham Lincoln. And Marshall says, you know, that's not such an easy thing to do on the spot. <laughs> Ted, this, I'm not quite sure which one of these scenes I like the best. I think maybe Ted's. Yeah, Ted's has some good spots. Lily's is funny also. Uh, but yeah, so Ted's trying to, you know, oh, look, look, I can do it. Yeah, I'll come up with this big eloquent speech right off the bat and just stumbles. Yeah. But it's so funny. What do you want, Marshall? Justice, sir. <laughs> It's <laughs> so good. Well, in such a Ted way. And there's like this patriotic music in the background. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not going to read through it. I'd love to, but I, I think that's going to bore people to tears. But, um, but I, he's sort of editing his speech as he's going through it. Right, and Arthur is, you know, encouraging him along. You're nailing this. You got me hooked. Reel me in. <laughs> such a great back and forth between these two. Stuck the landing. <laughs> there are certain justices that cannot or will not be in inalienable as such for the future. <laughs> it's like when Robin's trying to come up with Stop the landing. And then we sort of think Arthur's now bought into this, but he says, thank you. Security's going to rough you up a bit on the way out. <laughs> which becomes a running gag. Right. All right. So. This is not helping. Marshall, Ted suggests that Marshall just quit. Marshall says, you know, that's just a fantasy. People don't actually do that. But then Barney tells the story of Gary Blauman. Mm -hmm. And this is where we get sort of the re-teaming of Taryn Killam and Brian Callum mm -hmm. as uh, Blauman and Bilson, 
who were buddies, so, you know, it's yeah. kind of hard on him for considering he was one of his buddies. Yeah, and it's funny because Barney kind of introduces Blauman as this person that nobody knows, even though Marshall worked with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. So Bilson's, this flashback is Bilson screaming at Blauman with a great line of, you know, you, you made yourself look bad, you made the company look bad, and quite frankly, you made, frankly, you made our friends the North Koreans look bad. <laughs> right. Such a great line. <laughs> it so captures... Encapsulates. encapsulates. <laughs> it so encapsulates what this company is all about. Right. That right. they're doing business with North Korea. Right. Right. So, and Barney had mentioned that, like, you know, it's not unusual that people are getting yelled at. So they're all, like, staring into space. Barney's on his phone, yawning. And then. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. I didn't even catch that. And so Blauman responds and, you know, kind of starts yelling at Bilson. We get Barney like, ooh, snap. And then he puts down his phone, like, actually starts paying attention. Right. Blauson, you know, is basically kissed my ass. My cousin's website went public today, and he's going to make a pile of money on the IPO. And here's what I think you could do with your company. He stands up on the desk to pee. But then he can't. Yeah, he's like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Barney <laughs> pours water from glass to glass. He says, does this help? <laughs> So he had never actually ended up peeing. Right. He just left. <laughs> and then he died, Jen. <laughs> but he didn't die. He didn't. Yeah, so Blauman comes I feel, back. They do, I feel like they explain that in the ninth season, but I can't remember what they say. But I, I feel like they do mention right. something about the reference that he died. Right. I can't remember, but, you know, or Barney just lies a lot. Barney's summation is that you don't scream back at your boss, you... You scream at somebody else beneath you. It's the chain of screaming. And then he gives kind of a humorous explanation mm-hmm. of what becomes the circle of screaming of, <laughs> right. you know, uh, Arthur's boss's boss and on down and then back the kid of Arthur's boss's boss mm-hmm. yells at him. Yes. So. And then it becomes a circle. Yes. Right. And nobody's really buying this. <laughs> so then Barney starts screaming at them. Yeah, like how it ends with, I'm surrounded by idiots. Idiots! <laughs> just Robin's response. As he kind of like directs that in her face. <laughs> she just kind of flinches. <laughs> so Marshall asks for Lily's take. <laughs> she refers to how she teaches her kids to act in kindergarten to be constructive and positive. So Lily enters Arthur's office in the suit. And she has the ninja report, but she doesn't think that she'd be yelled at anymore. It doesn't help. She thinks that he should motivate through encouragement, inspiration, and respect. And then we go, we launch into, back into Lily's sex fantasies. <laughs> right. So Arthur takes this. Wait, wait, wait. Let's, let's act this one out. I'll be Arthur. You be Lily. Well said, Marshall. I needed to hear that. By the way, I saw your wife's picture in your office. That is one tasty slice. Oh, you're damn right. You know what I'm going to do when I get home? Oh, yeah. going to rip that girl's clothes That's off? That's it. Just throw her on the bed? That's where she belongs. Drive her home like a pack of sled dogs. We high-fived. <laughs> it's bad, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Mama needs it bad. I think you should call yourself Mama I will more not. often. I will not. Why, do you want to be Slater? <laughs> oink, oink, Mama. <laughs> No, see, that makes it worse. (laughs) 
He actually said that like in the last episode, yes, two episodes he did. ago. Of uh, I don't know if you folks out there are watching the new Save by the Bell with them as adults. At the well, I mean, some of the old characters are back as, as themselves as adults, but it's actually very good. Yeah, it's not like a brilliant show in itself, but if you watched the original, there's so many there's meta callbacks of, yeah. to it. And they're so good at making fun of like how campy. And there was it a was. couple episodes ago they did like an actual like flashback with original footage. Yeah, it, it, it was. It's worth watching. Agreed. Although you watched, I think you watched the original all the way through, didn't you? No, I mean okay. I watched episodes here and there. I knew enough okay. of the premise and the characters. So there are times where I have to because yeah, I don't think I watched it multiple multiple times through. I think I watched it maybe two or three times through. As a kid, as a teenager, or whatever, but so I, I was able to explain to some Jen some of the most. Yeah, there, I didn't pick up on everything. There were some, some things, of the, some of the most um, minute references, mm-hmm. which we will not go into here. <laughs> no, but if you liked the original Saved by the Bell, check out the new one. I like it when we give book reports on shows. <laughs> we watch a lot of TV. I mean, we're pretty knowledgeable. Hmm. We are awesome. <laughs> we're back at the apartment. Lily's there with Ted. She's checking out carpet samples. <laughs> and again, just And then she starts so giving funny. a very lusty speech about the carpet sample. Yes, and how it would feel <laughs> on her back. And poor Ted. <laughs> Did we just go through this with the bathroom tiles? <laughs> yeah, good line. So Marshall calls Ted... I guess he, you know, just assumes Lily's home with him because he says, you know, don't say my name, don't let her know that you're talking to me, you know, just, you know, meet me downstairs. Pretend you're Stella and then, or, Marshall says pretend I'm Stella and then he starts speaking the high-pitched woman's voice. It wasn't even a woman's voice. It was just like a high-pitched. Like Minnie Mouse. Yeah. Didn't care for it. I thought it was funny that he says, the last thing he says to Ted before he comes upstairs is, I love you. (laughs) So Ted has to say, I love you, too. Ted did not have to acknowledge the I love you back. <laughs> right. He right. just so been we, like, okay, be right down. Right, or, so we get okay, Lily talk to you like, later. Oh, so you guys are already saying the L word, huh? Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> and then Lily again. Isn't that? <laughs> and her face when she says that. <laughs> oh, it's so good. <laughs> Lily, MVP of the episode. She's so thirsty. <laughs> when Ted gets downstairs, he sees Marshall, and Marshall is holding a box of his office belongings. And a giant burger. And a giant burger, yeah. They get in Ted's car, and right away, everyone should notice that Marshall's got a burger and a soda in the car, mm-hmm. which is so hypocritical. I guess the no food in the car rule only applies to Marshall's That's car. That's why it's hypocritical. Yeah. Um, and Marshall just wants Ted to drive, you know, so they can get out of there and he can talk about what's going on. Ted doesn't want to because he's a good parking spot. Exactly. <laughs> Reminded me a little bit of Seinfeld, where George, like, tries to borrow his dad's car. <laughs> So he's got the good spot. I remember the first time I went to New York City, I, I was in my mid to late 20s. No, late 20s. I was going up to visit a friend that had recently moved up there with his, with his then-girlfriend, now-wife. And they lived in, like, the Upper West Side or something like that. And so I actually found parking in their neighborhood. I parked my car. I got out of the car. And I'm like, New York City, how you like that? And... The first thing I hear when I get out of the car is, stop him. I see some guy flying by me on a bike. I just saw, like, a bike thief taking a bike. I was like, wow, if I had reacted in time, I might have been able to bump him off of it or something. (laughs) I've been a hero my first moments. You're no Batman. 
Marshall says that things didn't go the way he expected, and we get a flashback. <laughs> but first, Ted points out that there's a lot of ketchup on that burger. Yeah. And the flashback takes him to a diner where he's going to work on the Ninja Report, and Barney, Barney just apparates out of nowhere. Right. And I'm not a fan of this scene. Not just because he right. encourages him to yell at you know, someone that's a hard worker and, and all that, but it just there wasn't a lot of laughs in it. Right. No, I didn't, I didn't care for it either. So I'll sum it up with Barney gets Marshall to yell at their waiter, who's a very, very sweet guy, mm-hmm. and they really lean into him, to, into him being sweet to make it all the worse. Right. And then as, Bar- as Marshall's trying to start to yell at him, he actually gets yelled at by the guy in a very... Yeah. <laughs> the guy has had enough, so yeah, he freaks out on Marshall. I think in between this story, Robin comes in with the biggest ice cream cone you've ever seen. Yeah, it's like overflowing <laughs> over the top of edges in a major way, and which leads to a great exchange. She she just pops in, and Marshall was, says that he was telling Ted a story, and Robin goes, ooh, I like stories. <laughs> it's such a weird line, and so funny the way she delivers it. Right. And she offers Ted a lick, and he goes, and this is something you and I say to each other every chance we get. Uh, is that ice cream cone big enough? Uh, it's delicious enough. <laughs> I forgot that this that was in this episode. I was so happy to see it. <laughs> oh, it's a classic. Yeah, you're right. Here's where we finish out the diner story. And then after the diner... After that story's over, Barney, we're back into the car, and Barney hops in. He's got a cigar that he's smoking. It's a, <laughs> it's a, a Cuban. Cuban cigar, which he claims people pay to have their car smell like that. Well, that's just not true. He gets into another fight with Robin about shotgun. Mm-hmm. Now, he's not even, she's not even in the front seat, so it doesn't really matter. But. <laughs> right, because he, he wants Marshall to switch seats with him. <laughs> we go back to the flashback of Marshall and Barney. They're outside now. Barney's complaining that he left him a 20% tip when God knows it should have been a lot more. Right. Right. So it was Barney Barney suggesting that he should pick a fight with the waiter and then under tip him because the waiter reacted. Appropriately. Right. And I I don't know about you. I don't want to go through this whole scene. Well, we can just sum it up. Right. No. So, yeah. Barney encourages Marshall to just yell at him, get it all out. And it's a lot about Barney's mom being a slut. Bob Barker's not his dad. And then he launches into a longer tirade about, you know, the father, the delusional idea that the game show host is your real father. He's going and going and going, and then it turns into the back half of it becomes what he's yelling at Arthur. Mm-hmm. So we finish up with him yelling at Arthur at the end of his speech, and then he says, I quit, Arthur, I quit. Which Arthur thanks him because... Out of the quits, he doesn't have to pay a severance package, and security's going to rough you up a bit on the way out. <laughs> I like that that line comes back around, because it seemed a little ridiculous within the fantasy, mm-hmm. or maybe fitting within a fantasy. It sounds like something that they would have said on The Simpsons. Right. Like Mr. Burns would have had them do that on the way out. And the dogs, and the bees. <laughs> and the dogs that bark bees. <laughs> and when they bark, the bees sting you. We get a little more chain, circle, pyramid of screaming talk from Barney. He says, don't blame me. That's not what I told you to do. 
And Marshall's nervous about telling Lily, and then Lily appears at the car. Right, and so all of the things that Ted worried about are now all over his car. So Robin drops the ice cream, Marshall drops the burger, Barney drops the cigar. Poor Ted's car. So this actually kind of happened to me. When those I aren't, got those aren't even the worst things that happen in it. <laughs> right. So let me think, how many cars ago would have this been? Not this one, not that one. Like four cars ago. I think it was the first new car that I'd ever had. Mm-hmm. Was, Probably a Ford. Yeah, it was my Ford Fusion. And I tried to do like a no food in the car rule because at the time I was a case manager and I had you know, clients in my car all the time and I was trying to like keep it nice for a minute. <laughs> and within three days, somebody brings McDonald's into my car and spills the fries oh everywhere. My God. So there was just, yeah, salt you, all over my car. Did you scream at them? I didn't. I was nice. But I was like, all right, well, I guess there's food in the car now. It was nice while it lasted. Ted screams at them for doing that. I <laughs> like Barney's. Ted screaming never solves anything. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so cheesy, but... <laughs> but it works. Yeah. So Marshall's talking with Lily. He's saying how, you know, maybe he should go beg for his job back. And then Mar- you know, Lily gives one of her great supportive speeches of... Mm-hmm. If you're not happy there, I don't want you to be there. We'll figure the rest out. Yeah. And they love each other. They do. So we get Ted and Marshall at the bar, and Ted just decided to sell the car and lends Marshall the money for it, which is, you know, it's cute. It's nice. And then we get a, a great good friend. closing line of, <laughs> you guys did it in the car, didn't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Although he delivers even better than that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't even redo it. He just does it so yeah, well. It was great. All right, where do you think I ranked this? Uh, 32. No, not quite that high. I was at 53. Mm, okay. Yeah, it got, there's just so many scenes that went on a stretch that I didn't like. But, but there's so many good spots. Yeah, there were some classic ones that really lifted it back out of there. Mm-hmm. And in the balance, this is where I found it. Favorite line? I think I tell me yours first. I think I marked a okay. couple down as possible. My favorite was the Robin exchange with the ice cream. Okay, yeah, I thought that's what you were going to pick. So I have that as one of my options. The other was just Ferguson with the candy bars. Marshall's getting yelled at. I really liked. And the take your daughter to work day <laughs> reveal. Least favorite? Do you have one? Uh, Marshall's high pitched voice as he's pretending to be Stella <laughs> for really no didn't reason. Like, that, huh? <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, he doesn't have to. Yeah, you're right. Uh, the whole diner scene. I'm yeah. just going to leave it at that. Yeah. I, I didn't like any of that. Fair enough. Well, that's all I got. Yeah. I thought this was going to go long, but <laughs> we're <just laughs> wrapping it up fairly quick. Yeah, we covered a lot of it, too. Yeah. So, right. good episode. And you said next week is Sandcastles in the Sand? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so very yes. <laughs> I, You folks will hear a very happy podcaster podcasting about that next week. It's going to be awesome. And his name is Steve. That might get cut. <laughs> it should. <laughs> All right, where, how can people reach us and find us? You can reach us at runklerecaps at gmail.com, on Twitter at runklerecaps, and on Instagram underscore how I met your podcast underscore. Okay. But I have been spending too much time on TikTok and not enough on other social media, so sorry. Don't worry, folks. I <laughs> edit this podcast, so that's why it gets out on time. <laughs> Lady TikTok over here doesn't get her hands on it. <laughs> All right, well, we got to go look at carpet samples, so. (laughs) Bye. Bye.